Patriots have made some interesting moves just this past week. And the biggest one, of course, is when they traded running back Sonny Michelle, who was a first round pick, a late first round pick out of Georgia, um, what, like three or four years ago, um, still on his rookie deal. Uh, but yeah, they traded Michelle to the Los Angeles Rams for what was it? A 2022 sixth round pick, a 2023 fourth round pick. And, you know, people could be questioning the value of of what they got for Sony Michelle because you're like, okay, you just gave away a first round player for two mid to late round picks. Uh, what's going on there? And I think it just really um, relates to the general theme that the running back position is so expendable and um, and it really like there's there's no true value or or the, the value of a running back is is lower than other positions because it seems like yeah it, you can just keep swapping running backs in and out and that's kind of a situation with what New England yeah it's it's what New England is dealing with right now with um how you have Sony Michelle and then you draft another running back in Damian Harris and Damian Harris has his uh kind of step onto the scene season last year to where he's one of the highest graded running backs from uh, according to pro football focus and what their metrics and stats use to to rate uh, players at their position and yeah so damian harris by far into going into this season was going to be the better back than sony michelle and then you have in I think what was it the third or fourth round of this year's draft in 2021 when the Patriots draft running back uh, Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma who he has been phenomenal these these first two games like his yards per carry have been great um, of course he goes off and, and it has been boosted by the 91 yard rushing touchdown that he had at the end of the uh, the the first preseason game against Washington um, that really put him on the scene um, as something, someone to pay attention to. So if we're looking at it with the entire running back depth chart of the Patriots, you have kind of your more power backs, your more traditional running backs of Damian Harris, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson currently both on rookie deals or um, the, the, just in general, they aren't really um that much of a cap hit to the Patriots. So, and and those two backs have proven to be more effective than Sony Michelle or appear to be that way, um, especially in regards to Stevenson in say mini camp training camp, the, these practices that are going on, um, yeah, the, the combined team practices when the one, like say that they were practicing against the Eagles this week, they're practicing with the Giants, the, the team that they're going to be facing in their next preseason game. Um, and, and Stevenson has been proving that he is the more effective running back. And Damian Harris, of course, has already proven that um, based on what he did last season. And then if you want to consider the pass catching element of it, Sonny Michelle has improved that greatly, I think. Um and but that's the thing you already have james white who is a proven veteran and a, a back that's known to catch those uh, screen passes he was a little ineffective last year with cam newton but um i think this year he'll be able to get used m much more much better um and, and look something a little bit more similar to what that offense was being run when tom brady was still the quarterback for the team uh so james white better pass catcher there and you also have jj taylor who 
I, geez, I, I can't remember. I believe he's still on his rookie deal. So he's still, he's another young running back and same deal. Like he's, he's um, maybe not the most effective runner, but he's a very good pass catcher. So you have Harrison Stevenson, who are more of the power backs, better in that regard when it comes to a yards per carry standpoint and effectiveness than Sony Michelle. And then you also have James White and JJ Taylor, who are better pass catching backs. And then you, throw in Brandon Bolden, who had, uh, he's had, geez, I think it's on his third stint now with New England. Um, I think he started with the team, uh, went away. I, I'm drawing a blank on the teams. I know I know he went to Miami at a certain point. Um, but anyway, he's back with the team at the, technically at the running back position, but really his impact is going to be felt on special teams. And obviously, Sony Michelle is not going to have an impact on special teams. Like He is a true running back. So, me after me explaining all these this criteria and the options it was the best thing to try to get some value with a um you know who knows the Patriots could be trading away these picks um well I actually, I'll actually get to that in a, in, a, in a sec but they acquired a sixth round pick for next year's draft and then, and then two drafts from now they have a fourth round pick um and if we're looking at how's Sony Michelle going to play out and how's that going to work with the Rams? I think it could be still very effective. It's not like Sonny Michelle is a terrible running back. Um, I would probably say after last season and, and based on his um, the injuries that he suffered, I would say he's more towards like a average, maybe slightly above average running back in the NFL, but nothing. I mean, the, the, the value of that trade seems reasonable, I guess, just based on how Michelle has played as of late in his career. And yeah, so you you, ha you could have a situation to where Michelle could very well be the starter for the Rams. Um, I guess it really just depends on how Daryl Henderson performs for Los Angeles. Um, you already have Cam Akers, who was out with, I believe, is either a torn Achilles or torn ACL, I think. Um, but he's already done for the season. Cam Akers was, I think, drafted as a rookie in the 2020 draft at a Florida State. Um, he... Yeah, he's 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 definitely out for the season. Um, I'm gonna look up quick just to make sure I have the injury right. But um, that was gonna be the back for the Rams, and and unfortunately that's not gonna happen. Okay, it was the Achilles. That's what I thought. So, so yeah, you have your top back for the Rams out for the season. So Sonny Michelle is gonna be a great addition for for the Rams. I think um, Sean McVay, the head coach, is gonna be able to use him properly, and you know. I'm not necessarily going to go out and say this is going to be a deal that the Patriots regret because they just had too much space at, at, the, at the running back position. But um, I, I think Michelle is still going to do pretty good because he's going to he's at least going to get those opportunities to try to shine and, and make a difference for that Rams offense, who, by the way, has ju had just acquired Matthew Stafford this offseason from the Lions in a trade. Um, and then you have him throwing to wide receivers like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. So, the, yeah, the Rams offense is probably, I would say, expected to do um, um, very good this season. Uh, so that's it with the Sony Michelle stuff. There was another um, addition or, or, or um, yeah, addition from the waiver wire that the Patriots made, and it's at the tight end position. And I think – 
this could this i mean this guy's not going to make an impact starting because obviously you have john o. smith and and hunter henry but already those two players have shown some slight injury concerns um to where you have hunter henry i think earlier this week was coming back with a non-contact practice jersey uh so so they're kind of easing him back into of course be re- all ready to go for week one against miami september 12th but uh they i believe his name is K- Kahail Waring and this guy according to Field the Aids and ESPN reporter um he was super popular on waivers you know he saw interest from apparently the Colts and the Saints attempting to claim him uh New England of course had the higher priority this guy's a 2019 third round pick so apparently he has potential so that's why they're bringing him on I would this seems like a player that could make that final 52, 53 man roster though. Um, you know, the, the tight end depth that they already have. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe, maybe I'm just, it's getting clouded because John o. Smith and Hunter Henry are there, but he could very well be a good addition. Um, and, and backup, especially if Smith or Hunter Henry end up getting injured in the season, um, which, you know, could be very likely just based on what we've seen already uh but yeah so i think i think that's you know a sneaky good addition um that could have potential a thing a, a deal that i really liked and i think it's just an unfortunate situation for the baltimore ravens just because of their uh cornerback depth but new england did acquire cornerback sean wade who was drafted actually this year he's he's, he's still a rookie um he was a he was drafted, I think, fifth round, probably pick roughly 160 um, by the Ravens. And uh, it's just one of those things to where, yeah, the Ravens just had a ton of quarterbacks on cornerbacks on their roster. And Sean Wade just, you know, uh, wasn't <laughs> going to have a big enough impact on their team. So the Ravens decided to trade him to uh, New England and, and get some uh, value back for him. I need the exact, I believe it was a seventh and a fifth rounder. I just don't know the years. Um, okay, here we go. So yeah, the Ravens traded rookie cornerback Sean Wade to the Patriots for a seventh round pick in 2022 and a fifth round pick in 2023. So you know, New England basically <laughs> traded the picks that they acquired for um, Sonny Michelle, though granted uh, a round higher for for both of the the years, but still similar similar giving back. So they bring in rookie cornerback Sean Wade, who probably is a raw talent, has a uh, a a ton of potential and i think it's one of those things where you're getting a player on a rookie deal so there's really no rush to get him in there especially when you have established guys like stefan gilmore jc jackson i mean you already have kyle duggar in there who's a second year guy who's likely going to be the replacement of of patrick chung he's going to try to fill that role so to have sean way kind of sit back and who knows he could have a, a very sneaky impact um for this team this season but i think this is going to try to be more of a not necessarily long term because long term is like three to five years but um we can we can wait on on his potential impact and we can be patient on this especially like i said since he's on a rookie deal um but 
yeah, there's, I think he's been super impressive so far this preseason. And I think if we're looking at the uh, passer rating allowed by rookie cornerbacks, you have Sean Wade at 0.0. Um, I've, I've never heard of this player, but he's on the 49ers. Um, Dio Madore Leon. Uh, oh my gosh, I cannot pronounce this guy's name. Diamadore Lenore of the San Francisco 49ers. I, like I said, I've never heard of him. Um, and then Patrick Sertan, who was a top 10 pick from the Broncos, 6.9. So Sean Wade has proven already, even though it's I know it's preseason, you can't take it too seriously, but he is proving to be one of the better cornerbacks so far. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of weird to me that, that Baltimore – you know, couldn't find room for him. But when you have to re- reduce the team down to like low 50s uh, coming up soon here and you have an already proven um, um, cornerbacks and you already have a ton of depth, then I guess it would make sense to try to get value for him. But I think, you know, the, the Ravens may be kicking themselves. Well, I mean, I would say hopefully and um, and yeah, hopefully Sean Wade can you know, prove something um, here in New England, but who knows? I think it's between him and between the um, Cahill wearing that are tight end that, that they acquired. Obviously, Sean Wade is more likely to make the roster and, and stay there, but um, who knows? Waring could could also have an impact um, during the regular season. Uh, we'll just have to find out here after this preseason game on Sunday and, and once they make those, those final roster cuts, cause it's a big number. They're going from 80 to like 53, um, right like that. Uh, whenever, whenever that happens, I'm assuming it's next week. So, uh, so look out for that. But, um, but yeah, for, for all these acquisitions, I mean, I'm not, like I said, I mean, it would have been great to get more for Sony Michelle, but at the end of the day, um, just looking at, the running back room for the Patriots and how deep that is. Uh, I'm, I really didn't care much of, of what they got for Sony Michelle. Um, just, just because I, I know that having Harris and then Stevenson as the backup, it, it, as of now, it seems like that is going to be a really good combo for the Patriots. Give some relief off of Cam Newton or Mac Jones, whoever's that quarterback, um, and and move the ball that way. So that way you're not constantly passing, constantly risking these interceptions or mistakes by the quarterbacks. Um, and and yeah, to have that to be able to have those running backs to have a reliable running game and be able to have that check down option with James White or JJ Taylor, it's it's a good situation. And unfortunately, Sonia Michelle didn't fit, um, wasn't the piece to the Patriots running back puzzle. So I want to talk about this one little league pitcher who's just been insane. Like, I mean, yesterday was the first time I've really heard about him. I think yesterday might have been the first time. I, I mean, or yesterday and today was the first time a, a lot of people ha- have heard about him. And it's Gavin uh, Ware or Gavin Weir of, of representing South Dakota. I can't remember the exact town or, or team they or um, little league team they are. But, um, yeah, representing South Dakota in the Little League World Series. And this 
I mean, they're, they're calling him mini Chris Sale, and that's kind of significant because I think tonight uh, when when Chris Sale was pitching for the Red Sox and I believe they were facing the Minnesota Twins, he has an immaculate inning. And what an immaculate inning is is that you throw nine pitches and have nine strikeouts and you retire to three batters in a row like that. And so that was hit the third of his career, and I'm pretty sure – it was him and I want to say Sandy Koufax were the only are the only two pitchers to ever have three immaculate innings. Um, so having that comparison at such a young age is ridiculous. But I mean, it's true. Like if you <laughs> do a side by side of this kid and Chris Sale, it is like the exact same motion. They're both left handers. Um, yeah, it's 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 just ridiculous. So, uh, but yeah, the reason why this kid is getting so much attention. I mean, let me just read you a a stat line. So, in Little League, you gotta to get to the Little League World Series, you gotta go through your I don't know uh, your your regional play. You know, you have your districts, then you have states, then you have the regionals, and then you have the Little League World Series. So, in districts, states, regionals, and Little League World Series. So the four biggest latest tournaments um that this team has played in this team from south dakota has played in this is gavin weir's number so he has pitched 43 and two-thirds innings and he has thrown 609 pitches he has only walked six batters he has thrown 114 strikeouts and he has allowed one hit he has allowed (laughs) one hit in in 43 and two-thirds innings after yeah like i said uh, 600 plus pitches of course his record is eight and oh and eight starts it i mean that's at any level at any level no matter how good someone is that is just ridiculous you never see that so obviously that's why it's getting a ton of attention and he goes and 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 faces a a California team, which I believe they're based just like 20 minutes south of Los Angeles. And this in the first two games of the of the Little League World Series, this California team scores 19 runs with their bats. And <laughs> to to no hit a team like that, uh, only allowing one walk is is ridiculous. Like how like I mean, usually let's see, with a with a team that bats like that. I would I would have expected um, and I guess the way they were hyping this kid up before the game, I was expecting like, OK, maybe he'll allow a run or two or whatever. And that was the concern with with the South Dakota team is like, can this team provide enough run support when this kid pitches? Um, and they, they did enough. It was one nothing. Um, but uh, yeah, just yeah he no matter what who the opponent is nobody nobody can hit him and i think at this point like if this kid's getting a ton of attention like he's he's gotten a ton of attention before um wednesday of course he's getting a ton of attention now from the national media about this this outing all of that um like the, even the 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 opponents the, the the kids on the other team have to be like already stunned and and kind of afraid of what this what this um, what Gavin uh, Weir may be dealing uh, during during the game. I, I mean, he has like a seventy to seventy five mile an hour fastball, which is I believe a um, 
mid nineties equivalent of an, of an MLB fastball. So that's ridiculous. I think he has, he usually, (laughs) um, he usually plays in a U 14 team. This little league world series is U 12. So he is playing players that are at least two years older than him, which that's, that's also ridiculous. So, um, he's stepping a level down and I guess that makes more sense of why he's so successful, but, regardless of the situation this kid's still what 12 years old and he's doing this um it, it's just it's absolutely mind-blowing um and yeah just to let me just say it again uh to, to wrap it up 43 and two-thirds innings 609 pitches one hit zero runs 114 k's and only six walks eight and zero record and eight starts um yeah, I mean, I, I've never seen anything like this at any level for this type of pitching. Um, I mean, it trumps what DeGrom has been doing this MLB season when he's been healthy uh, by by a mile. So, I mean, uh, and I think the the way his pitch count, he, he got up to near 85 pitches. So I think um, in order to pitch in the championship game, if they make it there, uh, he there would need to be like a rain delay um, in order for him to to fulfill the rest time limit for the amount of pitches he pitched. Um, so we may not see him again, but who knows? We, he could very well have an impact with his bat um, to, to help the South Dakota team try to win a little league world series. But um, based on the hype, it would be, it would be of course great to see him pitch again. So I think that's why people are hoping for a potential rain delay push that little league world series from Sunday to Monday. Um, but, uh, you know, regardless, just, just, it's just a, a remarkable accomplishment and yeah, I mean, I've never seen it. So I am just, um, yeah, looking at it in awe, that's for sure.